Hello, I'm Brian Foster. Today we're talking about Through the Mist. And I'm what I'm doing is that the, the book Through the Mist was a is a PDF. We're talking about chapter four, The Mount of God by a spirit. His name is Fred. He actually was to remain anonymous, but he had died when he in the late 19th century when he tried to go into the middle of the street and rescue a young street urchin. Uh, he woke up in a grassy plain uh dead and he had he felt no pain or anything he just he thought well i survived but he he didn't actually ended up in heaven and this is his book so before i begin let's have a prayer dear jesus our wonderful father who loves and watches over us completely please allow us to discern what we need and what between what we desire Please allow us to use our conscience and our instinct and our conscience, that divine set of laws, so we can filter out all the stimuli, all the propaganda, all the bad inspirations, all the commercials that tell us what we should have or want to have versus what our own conscience and good personality and good moral foundation tell us what we actually need in this life because we're not here on this life to acquire. We're here to transform ourselves into wonderful souls under your guidance in the protections and inspiration of wonderful and guardian angels everywhere. Amen. So let us begin. Now, um, we'll start chapter four of the Mount of God. But just, just real quick, I would like to have, uh, in case you are interested in spiritism and you want to read where the headwaters of spiritism came from it came from alan kardec who codified the spirits book he wrote a series of 1019 questions and wrote the answers and only if they were the same or similar from multiple mediums into this book the spirits book all organized by the spirit of truth okay let me bring i'll clear the screen i will bring up where we were on on this chapter now let me just go back a bit to the chapter so what and what happened in this chapter, because I'm in the middle of the chapter now, is that the our wonderful spirit witnessed a woman spirit who didn't want to see like a brother and sister. And she and she started trying to escape and she kind of went started ascending, but you could tell she couldn't she couldn't do that because you know the even the the kind of the, the mentor uh, told uh, told Fred that no, nah, it's not going to allow to do that. And then she went back down to where where she was more comfortable. And of course, that's what Spiritism says. There's no gates between the different levels of heaven of of the uh, lower zone or the dark abyss, purgatory, hell, whatever you like to call it. There's no eternal punishment in hell. But what happens is people when they try to walk up the path, right, ascend, they just feel like they can't do it, right? It's it's the light's too bright. It just doesn't feel feel well. And until they really change their character, uh, it's not possible. So what happens is that he's telling them that, you know, is, you know, can't she be helped? And so he says, no, God never, you know, it, it goes, well, can we save them now? And he says, well, you know, no, God never turns aside to avoid the consequences of man's folly. So what they're saying is that, you know, is a lot of religions and different say that you can, on your deathbed, you can say, I, I repent and everything's 
forgiven and everything's always forgiven but you still have things you have to pay for the wrongs you committed this is what it goes on but on the other hand even that paying you so much regret is permitted by that same law of love although she is at present unconscious of it the woman has gained one point of information which will give her hope and consolation presently and that one point is when she saw when she saw the people that had died uh and she saw the forgiveness in their eyes but she just couldn't take it because she must have done something terrible to them that the which she could not have learned had she not had that unpleasant experience. What is that, I ask? She knows that there is no gate at which an angel is standing to keep her back from the way of life and will presently be brought to understand that the only obstacle in her way of happiness lies within herself. When she is able to recognize this, it will become a powerful incentive to improve her condition. It will teach her that her punishment has been to purify and not vindictively, and not vindictively inflicted. It will be a text upon which her teachers will build a hundred arguments until she learns that even in her dark condition, she has not been forsaken, though she knew it not. The hand of God was guiding her. Now, this is so important to all of us when he says, her punishment has been to purify and not vindictively inflicted. And I can't say it better myself. When we go, and everything we go through, or maybe not everything, but I'd say the vast majority, when we have these dramas, these trials and tribulations, people think, oh, I'm being persecuted, uh, you know, and, you know, some people have like an enemy, right, that will try to stop them and bring them down. But that enemy is there for a purpose. The enemy is there to, to take you to another level, to, to show you maybe what you've done to another person at a different time. Anything you think is a punishment is not. It's, it's edification. It's set to teach you. And if you can... If you can begin to understand that and then and then have a sense of humor about your life when things go wrong, like, oh, no, what did I do now? It, your life is so much stress-free. It, it becomes so much better. And you're, you're actively, when these happens, instead of feeling bad and being washed over by primitive emotions, you're actively thinking about your character, what could have caused this, how you can improve your character and never do that which was done to you again. Then he said, thank you, I said, and that's just Fred, the spirit. As you expound them, I can understand how the tender mercies of God are over all his works. But now I have another difficulty I would like you to clear up. There are many children born who are morally incapable of discerning right from wrong. How is this regarded on their arrival here? And this is the answer. In all cases, justice and equity are meted out unerringly he replied, and the penalty of all sin will fall upon the soldiers of the sinner. In an earthly court, a kleptomaniac or an idiot would be pitied, pitied for his misfortune, not punished, though he had broken a law. Is man more righteous than our God? That main body or unbalanced mind is a result of sin more frequently than accident, and some must, someone must bear the punishment thereof. Who shall it be? Listen to this awful truth. Every man shall give an account of the deeds done in the body. And one of those deeds is the deadly wrong of propagating life without thought or reference to a healthy and competent body in which it can perform the functions requisite to its advancement, which leaves a child to bear the consequences of the sin of its father or mother in its own organism. This may transfer the infirmity, but cannot change the responsibility. 
The sins are borne by the child, but the errors committed in its incompetency are counted as the sins of that father still, as he will be called to answer for them at the bar of God. So, and that is, again, a part of spiritism. For every action, there is a reaction. So if the parents, let's say the, the mother, and you know, treat a child horribly or don't give them spiritual upbringing at all, don't tell them right from wrong or have a very dysfunctional family or uh, still is an addict of some sort as, you know, the pregnancies is, uh, is going on, those parents will bear that, will, will bear that responsibility. Now, you say, well, what about the child? A child, you know, a child's innocent. Well, that child was selected to be a child of those parents because most probably in some form or another, and there's always exceptions, that child had been parents like them. So you can say, okay, well, how will this ever end? Because this child will then be, you know, become <laughs> a dysfunctional parent. Well, that's not always true, right? Uh, some children can, can rise above that. And other children can't. And those who cannot will then have to pay the price. Now, that price, as we have, you know, 7 billion people here on Earth, you're always going to have a certain percentage that will improve and a certain percentage that will not improve. As we begin to become a planet of regeneration, those who are not improving will be sent to another planet, so they'll be given another, who knows how many thousands of years to improve in order to one day for them also to be on a planet of regeneration and probably just won't be on the planet Earth as the Earth is now becoming into the phase of a planet of regeneration, which is going to officially start in around 2052 and last for about 9,000 years. So that's where we're at. So again, this is slow. This, is, this isn't, this isn't uh, Jesus coming to you and putting his hands on you and say, Oh, everything's forgiven. You're now a perfect person and you become a perfect person. No, Jesus will put his hand on you and have you feel love and uh, just an enormous, you know, enormous amount of love and forgiven. And you'll want to not, never disappoint our Christ, but you still have to handle yourself. And that, that is you'll want to atone for your wrongs by yourself and you want to improve. If you if you did wrong and all and then someone just forgave you, did you really learn the wrong? Did you learn never to do that again? No, you have to reform yourself from the inside at, at your own pace. And sometimes that pace is painfully slow. And sometimes we're given opportunity to learn from our trials and tribulations, but we don't. And therefore, you have to have more and actually sometimes more dramatic trials and tribulations. It's all up to us. I wish I'd known this earlier. <laughs> okay. That is a terrible thought, I said, as he concluded. It is nevertheless true, he replied. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Again, for a reaction, there's a reaction. I had been too much engrossed in the subject of our conversation to do more than mechanically notice the scenes through which we were passing. But at this point, my attention was arrested by a change that was taking place in the appearance of my companion, a companion who was now surrounded by a soft and momentarily increasing halo, from which I became conscious of drawing the necessary power to accompany him. 
Our course was along the brighter way, occupying the center and crown of the landscape. But its character had so changed since we commenced our journey that in its present transparency, it looked like a path of sunbeams up which we sped our aerial flight rather than a regular road in a kingdom more substantial than Greece or Rome because it held a more legitimate right to the designation eternal. Now, why, why is he becoming softer and brighter? And why is the landscape changing? Well, because that road is going through levels of the spirit world. And as his, uh, I think Eusimus, I think that was his, his mentor's name, as they go up in higher levels, and now, of course, Fred is being, is, is being helped because the high spirit is helping him. He doesn't probably recognize this yet, but he is kind of helping him change his para-spirit to uh, adapt to this more energy and less material versus the majority probably people that landed on that little grassy knoll in heaven who are going to other places, maybe not as high, and therefore there's, they're not as much energy. They're a little bit more uh, matter. So they are actually probably transitioning in different levels of heaven. Uh, since its creator, Miller was God. The soft and fragrant atmosphere seemed to lift us in its embrace beyond the reach of weariness. The breezes redolent with life and rest kissed and wooed us with amorous caresses. The penetrating sunlight bathing the country pierced through and through until we shone with that glory, the like of which beamed from the face of Moses when he had been in the presence of God on Sinai. It was to me as a delightful dream, the real and unreal blended in perfect harmony, in which I found no room for even the suspicion of surprise. On one on more than one occasion, I remember reasoning with myself that it was more than like. It surely, it was surely a dream for which I should presently awake to face the stern realities of my disappointed life, with an additional pang added thereto by the recollection of its pleasant illusion. And I am still conscious of a shudder running through me at the thought of how I could sustain such a heavy blow as I needs must suffer. My companion noticed this and drew me somewhat closer to him while he answered my thoughts in one of those semi-conscious reveries so characteristic of this life, in which have more of encouragement and suggestion in their tone than admonition. I was caught more of the spirit of what he said than the letter, and as the whole was an impromptu, I could not ask him to repeat it to me, so that I am sensible of the injustice I do in attempting to reproduce the lines which made such an impression upon me at the time. The following will give a crude idea of what he said. And of course, the spirit, and this is, you hear this, even in near-death experiences, much less uh, spiritist literature, people don't point fingers and say, oh, that was stupid, or that was bad. They will, and they won't, you know, they won't admonish you. They will encourage you. They'll point out in a friendly tone, ah, this could have been better. Think about this next. They will be encouraging and they won't be discouraging. And they'll let you learn at your pace. They don't expect perfection. They want perfection. Jesus Christ wants us to be perfect, and that's what we're trying to achieve. But they know that we are trying to attain it, and we are trying to attain it with our best attitude that we can, can, that we can do. And his spirit probably sent him, brought him closer, not just to talk to him, because he could do that through, from great length, but probably also to protect him with his energy as they were going up into the higher levels of heaven. Okay, this is what he, uh, he said. 
All dreams are as real as the waking. Then why should we spurn the delights? The soul climbs permissible heights when sleep bids the heart pause its aching and gazes with eyes which are bright and strong on the promised home it will reach ere long. The soul is the man and eternal, the body but lives for a day. Tis of earth and must needs pass away, but the soul is visions the urinal when the mountains of sleep look over the river and hells the beloved in the land of forever. And, and this is so true. This is what we hear over and over again in the spirit world is that our time on earth is like flashes by in a minute. So when we are here in a, a day, a week, a month, a year, it just seems like eternity. But when we get back in the spirit world, it's like, oh, that was over fast. I'll carry on. The child and the man and the maiden have dreamed and will dream evermore. Tis the solace for all men, hearts sore, and true rest for the soul heavy laden, till in that last sleep the body forsaking. The soul enters heaven, that dream without waking. I had neither the opportunity nor disposition to reply, for with the end of his rhapsody, we paused, turned, and the scene which lay before me caused me to break away from the train of thought which had called forth such a pregnant lesson while I was carried captive by the indescribable glories of the panorama towards which he waved his hand. So now he's going to describe what the level he is, he is at. And this is heaven, right? This is what, what he's going to describe is what we are working towards. And when I say working towards, I'm saying that we are modifying our character and personality, we are rewiring our brains in order to take away the primitive emotions, hate, envy, jealousy, pride, and replace it with love, fraternity, charity, and honesty. Let me, let me go through his description. As we stood upon the hillside from which we started, the one noticeable feature in the landscape, as I have said, were the radiation of the many colored roads leading to the numerous cities now visible, but which then were hidden from our view. At our feet, running from the light, from the right and left, was one of the darkest hue, crimson, black, having its termination round or underneath the hill and down which I'd watched that unfortunate and terrified woman pass from sight. This gloomy and forbidding Boating paths form the basis or foundation of the scene, the next in each succeeding road, assuming a lighter tint and almost imperceptible graduations, until the ray of purity up which we had traveled form a climax to the whole and cap the double prism as a crown. As I recalled that view in the light of the many explanations I had since received, I thought that the arrangement was a grand prophetic symbol of this happier life showing that the natural and uninterrupted progress which the soul was enabled to make from the far extremity of sin to rest in perfect happiness in the time to come, and my heart was glad. Another thought reoccurred to me at this time. The question that I had put to my guide respecting that pang the former view was calculated to cause in the breast of those more unfortunate persons I had met with and I realized the unspeakable mercy and love that had been exercised in the design displayed before me. The former prospect was but the reverse of the picture, which now I had rounded to gaze upon such glories, whereof I had not seen neither could it nor enter into the heart of man to conceive. If that sight would serve to add a pang to any soul as it rose again before the memory, 
I could well understand how this would overwhelm it with despair. Truly, the mercy of God is over all his works. Far, far away upon the western horizon, softened and warmed by the wide expanse which lay between us, hung the mists across the boundaries of the country. Their appearance was now was not black and chill as when I last looked upon, but a soft crimson hue suffusing them and made them to look like the rich tapestries the sun draws across the windows of the sky. When the autumn day is closing and the weary laborer hies him homeward, be, homeward before the tempest, which he hears rumbling in the distance, overtakes him. Behind us, at an altitude, altitude my vision could not estimate our measure over the mountain peaks, stream rays of glory bathing and nourishing all that land. It was as though while one invisible sun was setting in a distant west, from out the eastern dawn, another, the sun of righteousness, it might be, was rising from the bosom of the sea of love. Between this dawning and that sunset, what a multitude of weary souls were enjoying that rest upon which, like myself, so many had but recently entered. So, we have to remember that as a spirit, already he's being gifted these certain powers, which he didn't quite recognize, but he could see. And the higher the spirit, the farther they can see in that land, in the world, the, the spirit realm. Also, in the lower levels of heaven, the days and nights are coordinated with the days and nights of earth because these people are still somewhat connected to the material plane of earth. They're, they're connected to either a family, a city, a, a, you know, Something like that. Not completely connected, because they're full of love and they they were able to make it to heaven. But they still concern themselves with a lot of earthly projects. But as you go higher and higher, they you lose that connection with day and night. So it's always day and it's always a good temperature. I'll carry on. For the purpose of our view, we were standing upon the slope of some majestic mountain chain, the height of which defied my powers of computation. If I saw its peak, my eyes were blinded by the arc of light, which beamed upon me and frustrated my quest. While far away, until my vision grew uncertain in the distance, I could see the range extend like the natural bounding line of the two adjacent nations. The path would serve as a vantage ground for observation was like the even crest of a smaller range running from the base toward the brow of the glory crowned and immeasurable hill behind me. In the distance lay a plain of apparently illimitable proportions, undulating and picturesque beyond description, in which hill and dale, lake and stream, terrace and plateau, park and pasture, grove and garden, City and homestead, palace and mansion were so arranged and disposed as to contribute their own peculiar feature to the grandeur of the whole. Throughout that vast domain, each shrub and flower, each house and hill, each stream and lake had its legitimate balance to maintain in the general harmony and wonderfully beauty was the effect produced in the accomplishment of the design. So think about what he said. He's saying this idealized, let's say, valley of vegetation, ro uh, roads, lakes, mansions, palaces, gardens, rivers, streams. It's, and it's all just beautiful. And it's all just wonderful. And we have a question here. It is like a veil. Is it like a veil being lifted? And 
it is kind of like a, a veil being lift, lifted. And it maybe a better way of saying is that he's being, he's being ushered into this higher level. Look, the law of affinity tells each one of us where we belong after we pass over. Now, this spirit, Fred, was a very wonderful person. He helped a lot of people in the, in the slums of London. And he was being taken to a higher plane. And therefore, he was being gifted. This is where you could say uh, the veil has been lifted. He's, he, as the, his spirit brought him, his spirit was supplying him power so he could interpret and he could actually see the scenery. Now, if he had been that lower spirit, that you know had to take the low road and was at that level they would see not they'd be blind they'd see nothing but white and they they would feel terrible so it's 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 more it's it's if you instead of a veil being lifted it's you're you're being seated the power to see what's there and you're being brought to a higher level of energy versus matter and that is one of the one of the wonderful things of the spirit world because as you go higher and higher in heaven and different levels of heaven you don't just have like okay yeah you've graduated to you know level two or whatever it is no you you're given more attributes you're given more power you're given more responsibility you can look at it as you're if you're a mobile phone and you're you're having more memory and more apps and more so and therefore you have the ability not just to call or text someone you also have the ability to 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 tie into the universal database find where that person is make an appointment with that person look at their past future i mean it, it just there's so much more that you do as you go higher and higher so you're actually being enlarged and and um and and, and empowered and why are you empowered and enlarged because you have deserved it you have demonstrated by your actions on earth that you're responsible and you're loving and you can handle power and if, if given power you won't use it to you know think of a bat and hit people on the head that's why we're on earth right we're, we're not on earth just to be punished right no we're on earth to be educated and to know that to illustrate to illustrate power it, it must be done very wisely and benevolently Okay, let me carry on. In the hours of weariness and discolation in the old life, I tried to frame an outline ideal of what heaven must be, who had not. My highest conception had been a background of disappointment and irritation. It was like a fascinating painting of some glorious sunset, entrancing with its beauty as you first beheld it. But as you gaze upon it, its strange, weird, half-visionary phantoms rise from out the canvas and cast their gloomy shadows like corpse mantles over the genius which at first so charmed us. And let me uh, show this. And this is what it says. Like, it's like upgrading your phone. Exactly. It is like upgrading your phone. As, as you go up, you, you know, you've got more. And with more, just as Jesus said, those who those who are given more will be expected to do more you know with 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 knowledge and power comes greater and greater responsibility and more satisfaction because you can help more people those things become much just wonderful okay um 
everything upon the canvas is stiff and cold. So he's looking at this like, you know, what did he had, what had he imagined? Lifeless. The drama had been caused to stop as the artist caught some situation most congenial, and of its poetry, no more will ever reach the ear of man than the irritating monotone on the lip when the command to stand was given. How can we know the sunset for such an inadequate presentment? The pygmy momentary conception may be faithful, yea, perfect in its color and situation at the instant it was caught, but it needs the quick succession of the changing tints, the rolling and curving of the clouds, the rapid entrances and exits of the dying hero. Day, accompanied by the soft sobbing and sighing of the breezes, it demands the presence indicated in the increasing power portrayed as step by step the somber night achieves his dark advantage until at length he drowns the sun in the lifeblood of his victim. And the black curtain falls over the tragic scene as twilight, no longer able to sustain the unequal conflict, closes her eye in death. All this and more we need before the artist can depict this sunset faithfully upon the canvas. And so of heaven, we still need further countless complications and impossibilities before we can conceive a faint idea of that which awaits us. My previous conceptions fell thus short of the reality of the scene which lay before me as I stood upon that mountain side. Yet this was not heaven itself, but only one of the first halting places within the ranch of God's infinitude, where homeward-bound souls could rest and refresh themselves in their migration from the earth toward their father's house of many mansions. I would pause here, nor further attempt the impossible, were it not for my yearning for the welfare of my brethren, who are still behind me and cherish the many errors of the flesh in their ignorance of the life upon which I have entered. The consciousness of the inadequate powers I possess to convey a knowledge of the truth I have found almost forbids me to proceed, but I will be content if, if only I can in small, some measure, make it known that this existence is not a vague and vapory state with nothing more substantial than a cloud in which to lay the foundations of our habitations. To us, now this is important, it is as real and tangible as the earth is to you. And therefore, when I use the designations of beauty and grandeur, which are familiar to the earth, it is not that I would indicate this life to be as crude and gross as that lies, which lies behind me, but rather the means are not available for me to convey a just conception of its realities any more than the artist has the power to reproduce the sunset and all its sublimity and entirety. So, and you read this a lot in spiritual literature, where they say, "I don't really have the, you don't, I don't really have the vocabulary in your language to describe what I saw." First of all, the the sounds are beyond our hearing, and the colors are beyond our our ability to view. <clears throat> Now, we'll get through it. Now, this is, the next part's interesting, too. This is when he's, he's finally acknowledging that there's something happening to himself. In the, I'll start. In those first few mo moments of contemplation, I became conscious of, an enormous, uh, in, conscious of an enormous increase in my powers of sight. For as language fails me to express the quality of the scene unfolded to my view, so also am I powerless to convey an indication of, of the area over that celestial panorama was unrolled. Yet from the foreground to the faraway horizon, I could plainly see in the hazeless atmosphere of eternity, not only the effects in aggregate, 
but its component parts of each feature, which in turn arrested my attention. Did I say it had plains and streams? It were far more true to say my eyes wandered over vast continents, fruitful and picturesque, each bounded by proportional seas and oceans from the poetic billows of which the sting of all destruction had been torn away. Mansion and palace gleamed resplendent in the shadowless sunlight, not cramped or circumscribed in detail or design to suit the exigency of space or limit, not robbed of grace or beauty by the use of coarse material, having the power to resist the storm and tempest as effectively as can blast the architectural dream. What need of such restrictions in the domain of the infinite, that kingdom where they refuse to traffic in the merchandise of tempest or, dis or decay? So, again, what, people, what, what uh, spirits say is that you can see, now, you can see very very far and also when you want to focus in on some detail that could be to us could be hundreds of kilometers away you can focus on that and you can see very well but as it goes on far far into your vision it kind of this more fades out because there's probably another state uh or phase or level of of the um, spirit realm that's at that next level that you cannot see and also there's infinite space there's, you, you don't have to, you know, create your mansion or your, your uh, house or whatever you want to build right next to the other person's house because property, you know, here, right? As you say in real estate, property is forever. And that's not true in the spirit world. You can, you can expand the property. In fact, there was this whole city that was going to go up in a level. And they brought the people into the city into this uh, kind of convention hall. hall didn't have windows per se and they said look you've got you've done very well we're going to actually raise this entire city up a level because you've all raised yourself up a level but we're going to expand it and so the city was you know kind of compact and then and they said and then as they were talking they made this convention hall like the the walls transparent and then they saw more more huge palaces gardens it, everything became it became bigger and greater it wasn't like they had to to uh you know bulldoze the surrounding area no they just created they just said okay in their mind so this is important thought is action in the spirit world so in this group of higher spirits that were leading this the city of people trying to improve themselves they consciously expanded the size of the visible size of where they were living and that's why it's important when you think about the spirit realm you think about this is what these spirits are seeing right this is and again in this book this is what he's seen he's seen this this lakes and streams and continents and palaces and rivers right but then when you think well but you can create what you what you think you can expand the land so again, this this is all on a layer of logic, of logic and of data and of parameters, and that you as this encapsulated, wonderful spirit, hugely complicated spirit, this infinite, immortal spirit, you're being gifted the, the ability to see all this data via how it wants to be represented. Let me carry on. 
Each habitation has its terraces and crescents, gardens and quadrangles, all in its own such noble and magnificent proportions that its visions may have been made to sleeping Nimrod, the first suggestion of the royal and saintly Babylon. <clears throat> Excuse me. The spiritual quarries from which the coral and marble, porphyry and alabaster, macashite, I don't know what that is, and jasper have been cast out as coarse and valueless, furnished the substance for each edifice, while the garniture was worked in multiform mosaics of diamond and sapphire, carbuncle and beryl, pearl and ruby, amethyst and emerald, relieved by the gems of tint and luster earth had never seen. The carvings were the work of sculptors who wore the rich mantle of perfect inspiration, a solitary thread which had fired the ideality of Theodos and Angelo. Egypt may righteously have gloried in the magnificence of her hundred-gated thieves, been proud of unrivaled luxuries which found their home in the princely Memphis, extolled the unequal perfumes compounded in the royal zone. But in her greatest glory, she had never caught a glimpse of such palaces as these. The gardens of old Babylon were forgotten in the contemplation of such horticultural attainments. The statues of Apollo and Venus and a and Athena, in the admiration of which the Greeks had exhausted their enthusiasms, were figments not to be recalled in the presence of such grace and beauty. The rose of Sharon blanched its cheek in the face of such rich blossoms, and the aroma from the sweet incense of Jerusalem only became a type of perfume wafted by the breezes from those trees which are robed in a living green without the experience of an autumn tint. So notice he does not say... There is crowded roads with cars, motorcycles, big trucks. Uh, there's no pollution. There, it's not there. People can travel by thought. But also people do travel by carriages drawn by horses, uh, by chariots. I've read those, you know, that too. Uh, and so why do they do that? Why sometimes do they, do they actually travel? And so, because it's enjoyable. Because they're enjoying the journey, and the animals are enjoying the journey. No animals ever is ever chorused or are 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 beaten or anything like that. The animals love what they're doing. And sometimes, you know, you can if you want to think of heaven in some way, you can think of it as like a Renaissance fair, but without, without the smell of sweat on everybody, right? And and no trash. It's it's people are happy. And they enjoy their life, and, and they, they are full of love. Let me carry on. The scene was animated by the multitude of persons who were everywhere moving to and fro, not with the hurried step of him who races to the gamble of the exchange, or the fear written upon the face of another who rushes to the secure that skill which may save the life that is hanging in the balance. There was no visible apprehension lest each bush or tree should hide an enemy, are trembling dead of some watchful tyrant's frown. On the contrary, a serenity and leisure which took no cognizance of time or necessity seemed to sway in universal rule, while a quiet contentment defied all power to introduce disturbance. Peoples of every nationality intermingled without distinction. No cord, cold formality, concession, or patronage was visible among them, but rather a recognition that each possessed some power to argument the happiness of his fellow, and that the society of all was necessary for joy to reach its full ideal. It was sacred, holy sight to gaze upon, and again and again I asked myself, 
What was the magic power which spread the hollow feeling around us? I was unable to answer this until the soft wind swept past me and seemed to whisper, They rest from their labor today, tis the lull when the storm is scarce over. They are joining the friends they had missed, whom they thought had been lost evermore. Tis the peace of reunion which crowns them, while their eyes are scarce dry from their sorrow. They have met and are resting today, and there never can come a tomorrow. And when they say there never can come a tomorrow, because there is no time in the spirit world. There is no decay. It This is the garden this is the Garden of Eden, right? This is paradise. My eyes moistened, and I bowed my head in gratitude as I received the revelation, and turning to my companion, I asked, What is this place? The Mount of God, one of the vestibules of heaven, he answered. If this is but a vestibule, what will be the glory of the inner temple be? I cannot tell, was his modest reply, but it was filled with the music of such an intense longing as to awaken echoes in my soul, the cadence of which are yet even vibrating within me. Are there other entrances from the earth than this, I asked? Yes, many. Are they all equal to this? Yes. They might rarely be called vestibules of rapture, I continued, but there is one thing that very much surprises me. And what is that, my brother, he asked? To see the distinctive color and feature of each nationality is retained here. He answered, The erroneous idea that this will not be so is very prevalent on the earth, and yet it should not be, especially with those who make such a study of the Bible as your country professes to do. And he's talking about England. Do not tell John that you in one of his visions he saw, what does not John tell you that in one of his visions he saw, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, now, seeing that color and feature could be his only distinguishing marks, why should you be surprised to find his vision verified? He smiled as he saw my confusion, as the truth of his broader, more little, little rendering of the vision made me recognize a phase of revelation which from which my eyes have hereto, hitherto been held, and then continued. All these mistaken ideas are just due to the inconsistent methods which men apply to the reading of their sacred books, fact, and metaphor parable and history are so continually confounded for the purpose of establishing some very unimportant point that in the minds of many persons it becomes at length an utter impossibility to distinguish the one from the other while undue emphasis placed upon some sentences irrespective of their connection prevents the great majority of mankind from knowing really what are the plain teachings of the books they hold in such superstitious reverence i noticed your astonishment just now when i told you that that Mahanin is a ruler here. There was a look of incredulity, as if you thought I had spoken blasphemy. And Fred answered, that's because I had no idea there being any other power here than God. And, and again, this is to enter that. So when people and, and even prophets on earth, they say, oh, I, I spoke to God or I spoke to Jesus. Mostly, no. First of all, they don't speak to God. Jesus or higher gets information from God. But you speak to a high spirit. And why should we be? And so our expectation just as the spirit says is, is that there is God and Jesus on their throne making every decision. Oh, yeah. Make this tree grow true leaves. Uh, I want this stream to have, you know, so much flow per minute of water. No. Everything is like on earth. Earth is a poor 
you know, poor mirror of heaven. There is organization. There are ministers. Jesus has ministers. He has departments. Those departments have leaders. Those leaders have managers. Those managers have supervisors. Those supervisors have workers. And why wouldn't you do that? Because if you if there's someone making all the decisions, you'd be in heaven doing absolutely nothing. No, there's jobs here for you. you and you find a job you want. You don't have to, like, oh, you're assigned to this. No, no, you go to what you want. If you don't want to do anything, you can. I guarantee you that will get boring after a while. So these people, there's always something to do, and there's something that you like doing. So let me, let me see what he says. Neither is there, but that power is exercised through duly appointed ministers. The same thought applied to reading your Bible, as you have been accustomed to give to any other book would have prepared you for this. Jesus in the parable of the talents clearly gave you to understand that the wise servant should be made rulers over two, five, or ten cities. He promised his disciples that they should sit as judges, and his followers look forward to the time when they shall reign with him. Why then should you be surprised to find out what he said was true, and that such offices really are in existence here? Another common error has reference to the character and nature of this land and our methods of life. Jesus assures his disciples that there were many mansions in his father's house. Ezekiel and John saw a city. Pilgrims are reminded that on earth they have no continuing city, but are to seek one yet to come, whose builder and maker is God. Congregations are frequently singing of Jerusalem. When shall these eyes thine heaven built walls and pearly gates behold? Thy bulwarks with salvation strong and streets of shining gold. They enter into compacts to meet each other at the fountain and anticipate their sweet communion while reclining on our green and flowery banks are resting beneath the shadow of the tree of life. They revel in the glory in which will be theirs when they gather at the river, speculate as to what they will do when they stand among that company, which no man can number, every member of which will wear a golden crown while their hands shall bear the victor's palm or strike the strings of a sweeter harp than David ever played. Yet, they would be seriously shocked if anyone was to tell them that all these things were really in existence here and charge you with blasphemy, trying to make heaven a place as gross and material as earth. Their only conception of our present state of being reaching no further than we are continually flying about in a cloudless ether, singing glory, 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 and have not so much as an empty cloud upon which to find repose, and that this unceasing flying and singing is our eternal rest. However, I must leave you at this grove until our friend Kushna shall arrive, and he will show you many points of interest and instruction. So again, he's telling, he's saying, and this is where this is the the glory and, and wonderfulness of Spiritism is. Spiritism is giving you concrete knowledge of what heaven is, and what's expected of you there. It's telling you, you're on this earth temporarily. You're learning. You're but a shadow, you're, you know, you're but a simulation, and and you're being prepared to go back there and and you know, the earth is where you're supposed to improve yourself, your character and personality, and to go back and, and do more work and really wonderful work in heaven. I'll carry on. While we had been talking, we were retracing our steps and had now arrived at a magnificent grove of trees toward which he waved his hand, as if my new conductor was to be expected in that direction. 
I am very grateful for all the information you've given me, I exclaimed as he took me in a brotherly embrace, preparatory to leaving. But may I ask one more question before you go? Fred loves to ask questions. I'd be the same. With pleasure, he replied. Will you explain to me why I've been able to ascend so far above my own condition as to gain the sight you have shown me while that poor woman was compelled to return until she'd found her own? Yes. Messengers or teachers have the power and are permitted to lend of their strength to whom they minister and thus help them reach superior heights occasionally look upon those things which await them in the future. This simulates new aspirations and incites to further progress. The limit to which I was enabled to carry you was reached at the point where we turned, but that was high enough to make you understand something more of the power of love operating in another direction for the purpose of continually raising up the whole community towards God. When he, with this, of course, this is what I said, and, and this is how the spirit world motivates us. They don't say, well, you know, they don't say, you've got to pass, right? No, they say, this is what's waiting for you when you put the effort to uh, transform your character, learn these more things about the spirit universe, right? There's the education and there's the accumulation of wisdom and there's the transformation of, of your basic ability to love and, and uh, be fraternal and charitable. All those things, they all have to be done in concert. Sometimes one goes higher than the other and we sometimes we have to go back to earth and, and, and make our trials and tribulation work on the stuff that's lower. With this, he bade me Godspeed till we meet again, and turning, he left me like a lightning flash, and I was once more alone, but my heart was glad. So next week is Chapter 5, The Home of Rest. So if you would like to know more about the spirit world, I suggest, it's about heaven, in fact, what he's seeing now, I suggest you read my series of three books, and this is Heaven and Below, which talks about heaven, talks about the umbrow, which is the lower zone, and the dark abyss, which some people call purgatory, and talks about the role of Jesus in heaven. Very, it's very different. You know, Jesus this isn't just a carpenter. He is the spirit who's gone up through the ranks like we have, who is just as, and other spirits say, we are so lucky to have Jesus in charge of our planet. He's in charge of other planets besides, but he is just amazing. He's the amazing CEO, president, governor, whatever you want to call him. Uh, king of the earth, uh, high lord, he is the most wonderful person we could we could encounter, uh, and we uh, we are extremely extremely lucky to have Jesus as our as our father. And then the second book in the series is Spirits in the Spirit Universe. We talk about spirits. Right? I talk about the attributes of spirits, how spirits learn, how spirits graduate from one level to another. Who you are on earth. What what are you limited by earth? What are you not limited by when you're in the spirit world? And then lastly is how we are guided by spirits. And that is each of us on earth. And you're still continually guided when you're in the spirit world. Your guardian angel doesn't leave you. If once you're once you die, it's like, oh, job's done. No, no, your guardian angel still help helps you and is your mentor, even in the spirit world. And also, what is the future of earth? So that's all there. So I just want to th say thanks for everyone for being part of our, uh, our talking about Through the Mist today. I think it's a wonderful book. If you are interested in learning more about Spiritism, please go to my blog, nwspiritism.com, uh, or hit the bell on this uh, and subscribe, hit the bell 
on this YouTube channel. That way you can be notified when I have live streams. I try to live stream every Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday on different subjects. Mondays, I just do Q&A on Spiritism, which I've had a lot of people come and ask me wonderful questions. Very interesting. And I'm here to help. That's my that's my uh, job, I think. One of my missions I'm supposed to do, probably very poorly. I apologize for that. But I want to say God bless to all of you. God bless.